discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, Ho Young. I'm joined by Lee Yi in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Coming up, the word persona or renshu in Chinese often conjures up something intentional, a construct of some sort, and definitely a term with slightly negative connotations, but is having one really useful in the workplace. And we'll have a heart-to-heart with you. You bring the questions and we provide the answers. You can get your question on the show by sending a voice memo or email to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Your voice could be featured in the show in our heart-to-heart segment. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. Now on Roundtable, as we continue today's discussion. A persona, or renshu in Chinese, can be defined as a strategic mask of identity in public, the public image of one's personality, the social role that one adopts, or simply a fictional character. It is also considered an intermediary between the individual and the institution. You see celebrities do it all the time. Through image management, celebrities build personas to increase their exposure and trigger public discussion. Now, for everyday workers out there, do we need a work persona as well? So what is the purpose of constructing a persona if I'm just an average employee? Well, I think when talking about at workplace, people might be building their own persona for different reasons. But I think all in all, a very fundamental explanation would be they think the real version of themselves is not really enough to handle the situation at workplace in the way they want. For example, uh, they feel like they are overwhelmed by a lot of workload you know, given by their boss. However, the real version of themselves are not really willing or are not really um, finding comfortable to say no directly to their boss. So perhaps they would just uh, try to build a harsh and fierce persona to, you know, kind of avoid such um, a situation, you know, to let their boss believe that they are really some- someone they can't really uh, have good communication with. So so they would just avoid, you know, giving extra uh, a workload to this employee. But I think all in all, I would say people are doing this for different purposes. And maybe some of them are trying to setting boundaries between work and personal life. So yeah, very interesting phenomenon, right? Yeah. So are you saying that some of us are simply too soft for work <laughs> and we need a get out of jail free card um, without upsetting your colleagues and your boss? Josh, yeah. Do you see millennials and Gen Z in the English-speaking world facing similar predicament or feel that, huh, this is a good idea? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, actually, the, this phenomenon is complicated because there's also a trend recently where Gen Z have been ridiculed slightly for how direct they are about not enjoying work and how direct they are about, you know, saying don't contact me when i'm not at work and things like this say more about this because in the chinese context it sounds refreshing yeah well there's a trend recently i saw where um when gen z colleagues that there was a lot of uh millennial colleagues 
and older posting TikToks of themselves reading the automated email replies from Gen Z work colleagues when they're on holiday. You know when you go on holiday and you might set an automated email to say, hey, I'm on holiday right now. Please don't contact me. I'll be honest, never seen it in my five years working in China um, because everybody seems to be available 24-7 or at least expected to be, or I have. But in my own country and in the West, this is how it works. And a lot of these email replies are like, quite direct and on the nose they'll be say things like don't contact me um <laughs> i'm decompressing from my awful work oh. i hope that i never come back oh. and things like this right wow lovely yeah. no i mean wow <laughs> it's like tongue-in-cheek it's like tongue-in-cheek you know but does this person yeah. still want to keep the job is this person coming back from the vacation ever <laughs> well i mean there's labor laws in place and things like this so yeah they can as long as they come to work on time and do their work and um i'm basically of that generation to be honest um i i may i think i'm like a couple of years out of gen z but still i'm definitely in that realm i'm in that mindset so if it if you're in such an awful workplace that taking on a fake persona to give yourself room to breathe when you get off work is going to help you then I say go for it. I mean, ideally, it would be nice to live in a, to be in a workplace where you do care enough to be yourself and where you are respected and your boundaries are automatically respected. But I think that many people listening right now and myself, and I'm not talking about Roundtable, but they know that this just isn't possible. So yeah, I don't think it is being weak. I think it's being strong and smart, actually. And I should have done it on day one of some of many of the jobs that I've worked. The, hot, <laughs> the difficult thing here, right, is that mm. you set a precedent for yourself on day one. Yep. So, and when you go in the beginning, you want to you wanna make a good impression. And when they say, oh, you know, you may have to work overtime sometimes. And you go, of course, whatever it takes. But then you've set that precedent and uh, it's hard to reverse. So mm. hey, yeah, friend. go in mean. Yeah. Right? That ship has sailed. I mean, it's got to be from day one. But the good news is we That's can all problem. reinvent ourselves with the next job, huh? <laughs> well, um, Li Yi, well, in the Chinese context or the workplace context, what do you see as maybe more benefits or possible drawbacks? What do you say? Oh, are you feeling the feels now? <laughs> I just feel like, you know, um, say if you are working in an environment or a workplace that you are really comfortable with, that you feel it's okay to be yourself, that other people will still respect you and collaborate with you and mm. you can just work in a very good way if you just decide to be who you are. I don't really think there's the need to pretend someone you are not or trying to build a persona or something. So also a very interesting, you know, perspective on this i just uh, think about you know when when i listen to the discussion between you and josh i mean you're talking about how different personas can help you achieve something or achieve different purposes at workplace i'm thinking is it is it because the employers are treating people in different way or they are trying to adopt a selective approach when 
you know, dealing with work issues with their employees based on their different personalities or based on their different personas. Say if this is an employer who just treats employee in the same way, no matter if this person, you know, persona is, maybe people don't really need to build this persona. You see,、mm. different kind of images because you know that technique will not really work. Is it because employers are treating people differently based on their different situations and based on their different, say, emotions, um, or images or persona, which kind of you know trying to encourages this kind of behavior at workplace, right? That's interesting, and so many faces、mm. are running through my mind、yes. right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in any team, there's bound to be someone. Hopefully, there's at least one person, or at least a pair, who are like, "I'm not responding to your emails or messages on a weekend. Sorry, that's just not what we do." But there's gonna be other people. Hopefully, that trend doesn't snowball. That are like, "Yeah, boss, where, whenever, you know, I will be at your service." So, because people do have kind of like different attitudes towards、um, towards work, towards life, and、um, depends on where you stand and also how strong your corporate culture is or which way that blows.、Um, some people feel like they well, they would stay true to their principles, whereas others conform, and then that starts that process of nejuan, <laughs> rat race, involution. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Purposeless, in my opinion. Yeah, I think、uh, what you mean is really different. People have different productivity at workplace, and maybe some people are just trying to show their capability to work in different ways. But really, you know, in this case,、uh, establishing different persona is really about pretending, pretending someone、oh. you are not, which is kind of. Uh, Exhausting. Yeah, and、uh, and I mean, as a socialized person, I think it's really quite understandable that different people have to wear kind of masks from time to time, more or less, because we because we have to really really conform to different social norms at different occasions. You can't really be who you are at home, you know. Say at workplace, it's it's different scenarios. But the thing is that if this thing really costs. Extra burden on you, and you start to feel stressful about it. Then it could be a problem. It's really time to rethink about your workplace culture, about what's really going on inside you. Is it because you feel the real version of you is、um, suffocated? Yeah, it's not worthy to、oh. be shown to other people, or you feel the real version of you really can't handle everything, so you have to pretend who you are. Something well, deep. In yes. This, I think. Yeah. Yes, and and it's kind of intricate because、yeah. there's definitely the.、Um, Nobody wants to be a pushover.、Yes. You don't want to be a doormat, and therefore, being the yes man from day one or yes woman,、um, you know, there is the risk of you being perceived that way. Because in a lot of, if not all teams, there's one super nice person people just go to or dump their stuff at.、Um, yeah. That's being called taken advantage of, and nobody wants to be in that position, unless that really entails a promotion of some sort. I I really don't understand this whole thing. But um, so 
I understand the um, the psyche of a, a lot of people or young people these days who are like, well, then maybe I should get it straight from day one. That is, I'm not a pushover. And I think that is totally legit. And we all should adopt the hopefully crafty way of establishing this persona or the boundary. That is, I ain't no pushover. This is quite personal for me, honestly. I feel like I'm terrible at this and I, I don't, I mean, I, I've read about this before the show and I have ideas, but I'm really struggling to, to think about how to do this because I struggle so much with it. I think that for some people, it's really, really difficult. I think it's more difficult for some people than others. I myself, I wear my heart on my sleeve and um, it's it's like my biggest asset and also my biggest downfall when it comes to work. It means that I'm really good at certain things and I'm terrible at others because I find it difficult to switch off. And even when the clock's finished at work, I'll take it all home with me, everything. And I don't know. I, I guess that one has to be callous. And I guess that one has to probably find a way to, I know that this is so easy to say, but probably find a way to improve or change jobs or something like that eventually. But that's just not the reality for so many people I know. But I guess to, yeah, try not to emotionally invest too much in people, I think, is one thing that I'm trying to do more. So I used to be quite sensitive if people in my workplace would get very stressed and upset. I would always sort of soak that up. Or if my boss would was urgent on me, even though I knew it wasn't urgent, I would feel that and I would try and respond in the right way, in an urgent way and show that I acknowledge that they, they're trying to get this done, which is just never, it's just a vicious circle because there's always going to be people stressed around you. There's always going to be horrible bosses trying to make you feel like this task is more important than anything else in the world just because they want to get it done for their own convenience. And you know, I, I guess that maybe it's an element of maturity as well, learning to detach from it. I don't know. We're we're just made up of chemicals and hormones and emotions. And yeah, I don't know. I, I should probably quit my job. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a very practical approach would be if you think uh, your workplace is trying to push too hard on you, sometimes it might be good to just openly communicate your boundaries because sometimes do Chinese people do that unless it's like the absolute last resort and, yeah, last and resort. you've got your yeah. quit resignation letter saved in your computer already yeah I think um but anyway, I think communication is always good, you know, especially yes. in a very tolerant, tolerant working environment, I would say. Sometimes we we feel like others should know our boundaries, like by analyzing our facial expression or something like that in some like occasions. But the thing is that maybe some people, they just don't really understand. Maybe sometimes you just need some open discussion about it. And also to reiterate and uphold your boundaries always is quite important too because sometimes we think maybe i've shown my boundary this time the next time you should know where my boundary is but the thing is that not no really maybe you need to stick to your boundary all the time if you really want to set a boundary mm. and also i think you know talking about this topic i think sometimes to establish a certain persona might be a good tactic because sometimes 
a lot of employees they are trying to build a tough persona, maybe because they feel they are too soft and they want to become tough. So it's kind of like a fake it and to make it theory. If you really want to become that kind of person, maybe try to just fake it for a period of time, and maybe in the end you feel like, oh, I'm I'm already tough right now. Wow, that is quite the. <laughs> Toxic and also <laughs> just a really tough journey.、Yeah. And the thing is, everybody's different. So I think we should all like acknowledge that、um, while listening to this discussion. And I've seen people who、um, who successfully established the fake it till you make it、um, paradigm. And the thing is, some people break in the end. Because it's not you, and it's just way too taxing emotionally, mentally, to do it all the time, and also maybe your work itself is consuming, and it takes a lot out of you. So there are some people who break, but there are other people who can manage it. And I have a couple examples that are really interesting as well that they somehow. Evolve and become that person、mm. that they're faking towards,、mm. and、um, I don't necessarily know what kind of mental state of mind that person ends up with. I think it's really about whether you feel reluctant to, you know, when you are trying to make progress into that. Goal or persona. If you feel, say, if you feel you are too weak, you are too soft, and you want to become tough, so you will just push yourself to to say no to other people. And maybe when you do that, you feel good. Actually, you feel like, oh, maybe that's the start point for my personal progression. Then that will be the right、uh, way for you to do that. But think. But also, like you said, maybe you are just trying to push your heart, push yourself too hard. Then maybe it's time to rethink about your tactic.、Mm. Mm. It's a learning curve for everyone, and your strategies and tactics and how do you feel about all of this? It will change、um, at a different leg in your career. But there are a couple of things I'd just like to leave you with before we move on to the next topic. One is, don't confuse. Your identity with behavior, and、um, normalize talking about stress, sleep, and capacity, and that's totally okay. Because I'd like to think that gone are the old days of being professional means papering over individuality and human fragility, and we're here just to get the job done. Work wasn't a place to display your real personality. But today, I hope organizations understand that human beings aren't machines, and brains' cognitive capacity is powerfully affected by sleep, stress, and downtime. Which means that if one of those factors is interfering with your ability to do your job, having this conversation is relevant to work, and taking care of people's well-being is important to retain talent, to help boost. Productivity and to build a healthy work environment. All right, coming up next, let's have a moment of heart to heart. You ask, we answer. Roundtable, heart to heart. Who's got a question for Roundtable? Hello. Heyang, Liming, Niu Niu, and everyone around table. 
I'm Cherry. I hope that you guys can remember me, your old friend, for a very long time. 2023 is a very busy year compared with the past two years under the pandemic. Are you busier this year? I have found some new changes on Roundtable. You are inviting more new guests to Roundtable every day to share their views and opinions from different perspectives. I still remember in early days, He Yang, Lai Ming, and Ryan and Niu Niu were always on Roundtable, and it gives me the feeling that I could meet my friends every day. Of course. New friends are also very attractive because I can learn more ideas and opinions from different backgrounds. But everything is changing. I think it is also because you are putting more efforts to make Roundtable fantastic. Thank you for your efforts. Okay, come back to my questions. Here I have two questions for all my old and new friends on Roundtable. Firstly, what will you do? After your daily hard work to relax yourself, I need some new and fresh ways to enrich my after-work life. Secondly, please recommend some books and movies you like. I sometimes find it hard to sit for two hours and concentrate on a movie, but I trust your taste. So please don't hesitate and share your book and movie list. Thank you very much and have a nice day. Goodbye. Well, hello, Cherry, and thank you so much for reaching out to us again. And despite the references that you dropped just now, you must have started listening to our show back in 2015, ish. So thank you so much for sticking with us through ups and downs, thick and thin, and everything.、Um, yeah. Well, these are some really good questions, and Josh. Take your pick. What do you have to say to our lovely listener? Well, thank you so much, Cherry, for calling in. And、um, I guess if I have any recommendations for you, it's so hard to just think of one or two recommendations because usually, if I recommend something to somebody, it's because I I know them quite well, and、um, I hope that I could get to know you at some point. But I don't know you that well, and I would try and recommend something based on personality. But I guess if you're a fan of Roundtable, then Uh, one film that I think is always a must-watch is a film called Citizen Kane. Oh yeah, do you know that film? I do,、um, and it's it's a film. It's one of my favorite movies <laughs> you- <laughs> because it's about media, and yeah, I guess、oh. that we're a media organization of sorts, right? So,、um, wow. yeah, I think that it's a must-watch, and also just just a fantastic movie、mm. anyway. And also, I think that it might be good because. If you don't read that much, then I, it's always difficult to get into it. And I'm not saying that Citizen Kane is a book, of course, but I think that old movies are often a little bit more unapproachable, especially if they're in a foreign language. But Citizen Kane, for me, it's it could be it's so timeless and ahead of its time. I think that it could be a movie that was made, you know, last year or something like that. Honestly, because the story just moves so quickly and seamlessly, and it's just so gripping. So. That that's my recommendation for you. Maybe you've already watched it. It's an, a massively popular movie. Citizen Kane. What a brilliant recommendation.、Uh, yeah, and Li Yi. What recommendations or things you have to say to our listener? 
Well, for the suggestion to really relax yourself after work, I think it's really hard to give an advice because I just sometimes, you know, from time to time, find it really hard to relax relax myself fully after a long day of work. But I think food is always a comfort for me, and if you feel really tired and stressful, maybe you know, go for a restaurant that you have been craving for、It、might be a good way to relax yourself and also physical activity. It's it's always something that can help reduce stress and boost your mood, and also I think it's always about like back to our second topic. It's always about setting boundaries. Sometimes you may don't really need special or extra thing to get yourself relaxed. Maybe because you are still in the atmosphere of working after you know going back home. So maybe just learn to set boundaries between your personal life and work might also be helpful. And also recommendation for movies or book. I do have a book that I would really want to recommend. You know, I've been reading recently. It's called "The Last Quarter of the Moon."、Uh, in Chinese, it's called "Er Er Gu Na He Yo An." It's written by wonderful, right? A famous writer called Chu Zijian, and this book. Tells the story of an ethnic minority group in China called Wenqi. They live in Inner Mongolia, and they are known as the last ethnic minority group in China that raises reindeer. And they, some people really consider them as the last China's hunting tribe here in the country. And I think the story is really attractive. I mean, there are like details showing the dying ways of people. It can be depressing, but I think when you really read into that book, it, you can really learn the charm、um, of this minority group,、uh, how they respect nature, how they stick to their original or, or traditional culture, and how people in this tribe just depend on each other and support each other, and also the charm and the sufferings of living a life. On this planet, it's quite—I would say—it's epidemic. And also, I love the way this writer writes. It's, it's really like depicted in details、mm. that you can really relate to. So it's really a book that I would recommend. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you put it so well, and that's what great writers. Do and what makes them a separate breed than the ordinary folks? It's like you didn't know how to describe this this feeling, but they do it in such surgical precision that describes how you feel, and you don't have the words to do so sometimes. And with that book, I happen to have read parts of it.、Oh. Um, just the the. The gravitas that、yes. Chu Zijian brings to her writing is truly mind blowing, and through so much heartbreak,、um, do you this epic story unfolds in your mind, and that's truly a masterpiece. And that's all the time we have for today's heart to heart segment. Um, if you want some ideas of books to read, music to listen, movies to watch, tune in to Roundtable's Happy Place. That's where we share our personal recommendations from time to time. And if you like what you hear, please send us your question or comment to the show to ezfmroundtable at foxmail dot com. And that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thank you so much, Lee Yi and Josh Cotterell, for joining the discussion. I'm He Young. We'll see you next time.
The mother put the porcelain spoon. The mother drew back and poured the little girl back. But the mother did not hear the old voice. The mother. Experience the heartwarming story of a mother's love that knows no bounds, titled The Mother, written by Nobel Prize winning author Pearl S. Buck. It's a story of love, sacrifice, and the universalism of motherhood that transcends race and borders, told through an account of an unnamed mother living in rural China in the early 20th century. Get the audiobook right now at radio.cgtn.com or any major podcast platform. Simply search for the Books and Beyond podcast and key in the mother. <laughs>